Welcome to Corona Stories, the place where people can be open and honest about their feelings and experiences of COVID, lockdown and related matters. I'm Christine Padgham and I co-host this not-for-profit podcast with my friend Sylvia. If you would like to share your story with us or just have a chat, please get in touch. You can email us at coronastories at protonmail.com and we also have a telegram channel called Corona Stories. Please join us there friends and thank you for listening. In this episode I speak to the Russeller again, Russell, on the occasion of the COVID-19 vaccines being rolled out to Scotland's 5 to 11-year-olds. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation. Do you know, I? it's funny because I've definitely um, been taking a massive step back from it all because I feel like it, we need to kind of let the COVID thing die. I think that's a big part of kind of where I am now, but... I do think that also they still obviously need to keep holding them to account, but I just can't, like, they've also changed the way that they present all the data on the government website, which means yeah. I can't really, can, there's some of my, like, the charts that I have to, I have to let them go. But apparently there's more people in hospital now with COVID than there have ever been. Yeah, and again, you'll not see my Twitter stuff, Christine, and maybe we should save this for the podcast, but... The uh, Landa Ball came out and said the other day that the with COVID numbers are now higher than the because of COVID numbers in hospital. So that means that at least 1,200 of those numbers are not in hospital for COVID. They're just incidental. Mm-hmm. And, public... the, and that has always been the case, I'm sure. Uh, well, Public Health Scotland actually started putting it in their weekly surveillance report. And I think up till the end of January, it was 60-40. So 60% were because of COVID and 40% were with COVID. So even if you apply that, because I think that now there's 2,400 people in hospital <clears throat> or thereby. So even if you went 40, 60, at least 800, 900 of those people are in hospital and that to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just start there. This is the yeah. 25th of March, 2022, and I'm speaking to Russell again, the Russeller Freedom Podcast. All right, Christine, how are we doing? Good. I'm sitting outside in my garden. The sky is clear as gin. <laughs> it sounds like you're on a farm. It sounds like you're on a farm. We've got um where I live, we have a murder of crows that uh lives just behind our house, so you can hear them scoping. It's not a particularly pleasant sound. <laughs> yeah. I tell you this, this good this good weather thought makes everybody in a better mood, doesn't it? I'm a sun worshipper and mm. I am, um, so I'm sitting out in a vest top in my garden in glorious sunshine. And that makes me pretty happy. Superb. It's too early for Even, gentle. It's, no, I'm having a black <laughs> coffee. Hi. Um, so I'm feeling tremendous because I'm in the sun, but I'm also feeling quite um, cross still <laughs> about COVID stuff. I think today we wanted to talk about the child vaccine leaflet. 
Yes. And just also the latest stats. And was there anything else that we were going to cover today? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the the, the vaccine for the five to eleven year olds is the main thing, Christine. Um, uh, we, were, we were going to have our emergency broadcast last week, weren't we? But we never got around it. I know. Well, I I was kind of waiting to get my only flip through the door, but nothing has come. So I believe, similar to the, well, certainly the leaflet that I got, which must have been for the twenty five to forty blues or something, um, that leaflet Inform Scotland wrote a big letter about to everybody yeah. because it had eighteen pieces of blatant misinformation on it. And we wrote to the Prime Minister, the First Minister, the Deputy First Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister, the GMC, everybody. And basically nobody got back to us about any of our concerns about that information leaflet that came with the vaccine appointment letter. My understanding is that the leaflet for children is even worse. Yeah, well, I, b I believe so. I mean, I, inspired by what you did, I, I went through the leaflet the day it arrived. So we got one letter in. Yep. And almost two weeks ago now mm -hmm. and I think I'd marked up 12 items that I didn't think were right mm -hmm. and so I've, I've done a, I've done a huge tweet thread about it mm -hmm. but the, the main thing Christine is on on page three it says that the the vaccine currently licensed for children age 5 to 11 is the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine now they've, mm -hmm. they've used the word license and I know we've spoke about this mm -hmm. but for me that was that's the biggest problem with that and it's, it's version one of the of the information booklet and i don't think they've got any right to call it licensed and i think that's deliberate misdirection from from the government i think the the the, the document is published by public health scotland yep yeah and i think it's deliberate uh, misdirection mm -hmm. to make people think oh the vaccine's licensed when it's clearly not yeah. and it only has um regulation 174 temporary authorization for use which is effectively our version of the emergency use authorization mm -hmm. have you been in touch with public health scotland about it no not 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 officially i mean i i, I emailed i not emailed them i i tweeted them and copied them in, in my tweet mm -hmm. um, but because, obviously they never they never engage with me on, on twitter no um because when i got the vaccine information leaflets for my own vaccination i phoned them and nobody wanted to take any responsibility for this leaflet yep. yeah and i was like but it's got your it says that it's public health scotland that wrote it so and they're like oh we don't know who wrote it uh, they had very slopey shoulders um and when i got my leaflet through i was planning on um getting in touch with them again but i haven't had my leaflet through i'm wondering if i've been taken off the list <laughs> i think that's probably what's happened christine and i know there was people on our telegram channels who are saying that you could you could phone up and request your children were taken off the list they've maybe just done that automatically for you for fear <laughs> of the repercussions that were coming yeah but um, i think i'm gonna i'm actually going to write to them and I'm, I'm going to just make the point about the license and just say that there's a there's at least another 12 pieces of misinformation and i'm not going to go through and list them out for them because for me the, it fails on page three where it says it's licensed yeah I mean, I don't know if technically, I mean, the, the drug is not licensed, but I don't know when they say licensed for five to 11 year olds, I'm not quite sure when they use that age specific range, if there's another technical legal definition of that word licensed. Yeah. But um, I mean, 
Yeah, because what they have done, Christine, is it's, it's two separate it's two separate approval processes that they've went through. So this is almost mm -hmm. like a it's almost like a different vaccine. So there's approvals for the adult dose, which is twelve and above, which mm -hmm. is given out in um, a thirty microgram dose, and then mm -hmm. there's a there's a separate approval document, and it's on the UK government website. There's a separate approval document for the children's vaccine, which is the ten microgram. But it's the same it's the same product. It's just in a smaller dose. Yeah. And so within that within that approval document, it, again, it talks about temporary marketing authorization and regulation one seven four. So at no point in there does it say it's licensed. And interestingly, the 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 English or the UK HSA, so the English version of Public Health Scotland, they've they've got the same leaflet, Christine, and 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 not in, in that leaflet, not once does it say licensed or authorized. Right. So they've been they've been smart enough to know that they can't put that in there. And I, I, yeah. I would bet, I would I'd be willing to bet that this version one of this document, that will get revised very quickly and they'll take that out. But for, yeah. this, for this point, the damage is done. Yeah. Do you have, I haven't even, I've not been looking at any of the stats for ages, but do we have an idea, like wh when did they start actually vaccinating children? I don't think it's, I don't think there's any been done yet. Um, okay. Our appointment was until April. But I think I think they might just be starting this week or next week. Okay, it'll be interesting to see how many parents um, actually put their children forward because surely now, I mean I I don't know what it's like around your area. We've already said I think although I'm not sure if that was before we started recording that there's like two thousand four hundred people in hospital with yeah. COVID just now. So. That's more people in hospital now than there have been at any point during the rest, the whole of the rest of the pandemic. And that's with absolutely loads of people vaccinated three times. And in my area, there are lots of people getting sick and testing positive for COVID. And I think some people really are feeling absolutely rotten. No, I'm seeing that. I mean, yeah. Two, two, two points to pick up there, Christine. First one is I'm seeing a lot of pushback from parents who've, who've been vaccinated on Facebook who are saying they won't be getting the kids it, and that's good. Uh -huh. um, I think, and I might have mentioned this last time we spoke, but the gap between two dose and the booster in Scotland is something like 700,000 people. So 700,000 people took the two doses, but they just didn't take the booster. Mm -hmm. So they ho my, my hope is that that's the same people who now realise, right, this is, this is bullshit, and I'm not going to get my kids so that's the hope um the other point i was going to pick up there was i don't know i've lost my thread <laughs> but, so, aye, but i'm definitely i'm definitely seeing more, yeah. more pushback from parents who've, who've vaccinated parents who are saying their kids aren't getting it and that's that's encouraging to hear yeah i think the thing is that a lot of people i mean I remember it was just absolutely doing my head in last winter when so many people were posting on Facebook, I'm getting my vaccine, can't wait to go on my holidays. And like now, so people people were not getting vaccinated in many cases. If not, I mean, I think it was probably the vast majority, but people were saying, well, I want my freedoms back, so I'm going to get vaccinated. And they were all right with it because they trusted the medical profession and they're generally okay with vaccines. So they just went ahead and got it done. And of yep. course, as time has gone on, I mean, people are traveling unvaccinated, no problem. Yep. And 
there's no additional freedoms for vaccinated people compared to unvaccinated people, really. So that whole motivation has been completely withdrawn from people. And also, you know, people were promised they would get their freedom back and then the restrictions weren't lifted. So, you know, they've really, really screwed people over, basically, the government and the medical profession has just gone along with it. And then, so a lot of the motivations to get vaccinated just aren't there anymore. And people know that people are still getting COVID having been vaccinated. And so they think, well, you know. Yeah, I think I think the further down the path people have been led, they've started to realise that they're, they're being lied to. And it's, at the start, when you're, people are afraid or wanting their life back, and think, right, the short-term fix is to get vaccinated. You know, this week we went past two years of restrictions. Mm-hmm. And people are still living a restricted life. They've had three vaccines. They're still catching COVID. They're still sick, and they still can't mm-hmm. do things. Yeah. So they they must be realised, and they're about to roll out the fourth dose. And I don't know what the take up's going to be like, but I I'm a, I'm sure that lots and lots of people, especially the aged people, will take it. And that really concerns me because, you know, you could, I suppose, the best the best thing that you can say about these vaccines is they don't work. Yep. Now, the government can say till it's blue in the face, oh, but it reduces your risk of hospitalisation. But that's absolute nonsense. If we've got more people in hospital now than we've ever had before with COVID having been vaccinated three times. So they can they cannot make these claims anymore. The best thing that you can say is the vaccine's completely useless at protecting against COVID, which then makes mm. all the injuries that we've seen even less justifiable. Yep. But the other concern that any sensible thinking person has to you know come to if they sit and think long enough about it is that this vaccine is actually damaging their immunity their ability to mount an immune response which is why so many triple vaccinated people are getting so ill no absolutely i mean i think when the vaccine first came out christine they told us that it would stop you catching covid and then a few people started catching it and they're saying that's just uh some, some people some people are sneaking through some breakthrough cases. But then they maintained that it stopped you going to hospital and stopped you dying. Now, the UK Health Security Agency published their weekly um, surveillance report, which I've been tracking for months. In six months in England, 17,000 people have died with COVID that have had two shots or three shots of the vaccine. Aye. So if 70,000 in six months, so that's probably, for the whole of the UK, it's probably 20, 20 to 25,000 people. How can that be? How can they say that it stops you dying or going to hospital when clearly it's not? And, and I don't know how long they can keep parroting that number out. And eventually they came out and said, oh, actually, it doesn't stop you catching COVID, even though we told you previously it does, but it stops you going to hospital. At some point, they're going to need to step back. And, and how and how are people going to react then, Christine, when effectively what you said is, comes true, that, oh, actually, the vaccine doesn't work and all these people are damaged for nothing? And it's maybe damaged your immune system more generally. Yeah. And I was hearing, um, like, I, I've found this quite interesting. These are just anecdotes, but a lot of my friends, um, because we've, you know, become friends in the last two years, are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. And quite a few of us caught COVID um, or got sick last year with COVID symptoms. And we were quite ill some of us you know it really it really was a very unpleasant 
illness that people in my group of friends had and of course there is that part of you especially when you're actually ill that thinks well maybe I should have got vaccinated you know maybe it wouldn't have been as bad if I'd been vaccinated and I think that generally last year I would say this is just anecdotal but I do think that my friends and acquaintances who were unvaccinated suffered worse than the vaccinated did last year but what I've noticed happening now is that I know so many people who are on even their second or their, even their third COVID illness. Mm-hmm. None of my unvaccinated friends have succumbed again. Yeah, I mean, and we spoke about this a couple of podcasts ago, but, you know, I, I, I got sick in September for a bit and mm-hmm. I just, I spent a week working from home. And uh-huh. I, never told, and I never told anybody, I never tested, so I can never mm-hmm. be sure, but the symptoms were all there. Mm-hmm. Um but I've never, I've not, I've been fine since. Touchwood. Mm-hmm. But like you say, I've got, I've got friends who've, who've, who've caught COVID and are sick with COVID, or they're sick with whatever they've got for the right. third time, for the third time now. And actually, mm-hmm. I made the point now. There's like, so you've had three vaccines and you've been sick three times. That's that's odd. Yeah. And you see the people's turning, but they don't want to admit it. Mm. And people, no. this new Omicron subvariant. Where the, where the S genes reappeared, funnily enough, as we head into spring, yeah. the it's uh, maybe it's maybe more whatever whatever this thing is that's that's taking people down there now. If the S genes present, I think it's going to be worse and have worse effects than what the Omicron did with no S gene, whatever whatever it is. Yeah, so I think you did a really good Twitter thread about this. Now, Twitter will only let me on for 30 seconds because I don't have an account. <laughs> yeah. So it took me a while to uh, actually manage to read it all. But you were talking about this. Um, I think it was on your Telegram channel as well. Yeah. The yeah. SG reappeared. Yes. So, so if, you, if you look at, so if you look at the time, if you look at the timeline that, that mm-hmm. what we'll call original COVID. Now, my own my own view is I still don't I still don't think that COVID's real. But anyway. The original COVID appeared and it had an S gene, mm-hmm. and then and then the the first and the S gene is the spike protein. Yes, and, and then the vaccine instructs your own cells to make this. Yes, so the spike protein is a bad, the yeah. bad part of the the virus. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so the first the first the COVID appears in spring, and it's got an S gene. It disappears over summer, and then COVID reappears um, in winter time, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. But this time it's called Alpha. Mm-hmm. So the Alpha variant does not have an S gene, and it's winter and it's winter time. And <clears throat> then Alpha fucks off and gets replaced by Delta in spring twenty one. Mm-hmm. And Delta's got the S gene. Okay, yeah. so Delta then Delta then makes way for Omicron in winter twenty one. Mm-hmm. And Omicron does not have the spike gene, uh, the S gene, and then Omicron has now made way for whatever they're calling it, the the subvariant, the BA two, in spring twenty two, and the S gene's back. So the three, so the three spring infections, so original COVID, Delta, and BA two, all have an S gene, but the two winter variants don't have an S gene. Now for me, that tells me that it's two completely separate viruses there that's, that's triggering. What they're calling COVID, and it's it's like it's like it's like a seasonal spring virus and a seasonal winter virus are two different things, but the PCR test and the lateral flow test will cause you to test positive, 
and we'll just call all of it COVID. Yeah. And now, like, Omicron had very different symptoms to Delta, didn't it? Yes. um, I thought it was just absolutely bizarre because, I mean, I know... Well, I I didn't get really badly ill with um, Delta, but quite a lot of people that I know really were, like, very unwell. Like, very unwell. And uh, not necessarily hospitalisable, but just you know, like a really bad flu. Yeah. Um, and then when people were like, oh, I've got COVID and they had Omicron and it was like a runny nose and a sore throat, it's like, no, sorry, that is not the same disease. Yeah. A disease is a set of symptoms. And the idea that you could call those two things COVID was just absolutely absurd to me. And actually, this has been a real bugbear of mine from the very beginning. This like, it's, it's like, you know, and I get called, I've been called a COVID denier many times, but I'm really not. Um, but the thing that used to really wind me up, particularly about false positives not being correctly identified, is that, you know, you're giving people this message that COVID is this terrible virus that we're having to lock down the whole world for, but then you can have it and not have any symptoms. Well, that's not really a very serious virus then, is it? <laughs> And then when Delta came along, it's like, well, actually, this is something that people could be concerned about catching. You know, it it definitely took some people down hard and, you know, it was unpleasant. And then Omicron came along again and it was just a little sniffle and people were like, yeah, I don't really know what the big deal is. I've had COVID and it was nothing. Flip-flopping is actually, if you want people to be worried about a virus, this is not the way to go about it because... It's you're giving people such a mixed message about was, the disease. Yeah, it was conflicting. I mean, I I think it, it sounds like Delta is more like the flu, and Omicron was more like the common cold. Uh-huh. So is that because that's what they were? You know, there, there was a there was a table yeah. put out in one of the newspapers that said this is symptoms of cold, this is symptoms of the flu, and this is Omicron and Delta, and like you know, it was just like little tick boxes uh-huh. went along the table, and it's like. Look, look at it, it's there, it's there in plain sight. And how, you know, I think, I think Omicron people didn't lose their taste either. So, you know, this, this, the, yeah. it was milder, the symptoms were different. It was a different yeah. virus, Christine. And I know there's people out there who say viruses don't exist. No, let's not go into the terrain theory, but I, the, actually, uh, I actually sort of do want to go into that theory because I wonder about this. I mean, the idea that terrain theory has nothing to offer the world is absolutely ridiculous because in my house for example we came down with covid to very varying extents now we were all exposed presumably and let's say viruses do exist um we were all exposed to the same virus and obviously for some of us the terrain was more hospitable to the virus than it was yeah. in other people but i do wonder about this like it is unusual to get very ill like people did with Delta in the summertime. And I just yep. wondered about that. Is that because we've altered our terrain with all this lockdown nonsense and the stress and the, you know, the psychological torture that we've all been subjected to, the not being as exposed to other people and their germs as we were previously? Has that created a sort of a terrain for viruses in the summertime, for whatever reason, that didn't exist before? I mean, possibly. I mean, I think there's a lot in the terrain theory that's that's good. 
I just I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently enough about it. Mm. That's probably why I want to keep away from it. But no. I think I see when when we lock down, the the things that would help your natural immunity include being out in the fresh air, yeah. you know, being at being at beaches, sunshine, all those things. When people were locked down, they didn't get that. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like an extended winter for a lot of people, and especially the vulnerable people who just didn't leave yeah. their house. Hi. You know, if you're if you're in like if you're in a if you're in a flat. You live your you live on your own and you don't see anybody, you never get any sunlight. It's just like it's just like a winter. Yeah. And then would you say that the same had been true in summer of twenty twenty one then? I mean, were we yeah, I suppose we had, maybe because yeah, it was like an extended winter. I think I don't know. I mean I think people were probably back mm. out more, I don't know. But I, I think the I think people were getting sick because they were vaccinated at that point. Yeah. And, I, and what, regardless of whatever my theories are, whenever somebody takes a vaccine, your immune system takes a little dip straight afterwards. And I always likened it to like a force field going down on a spaceship that, you know, you were then you could then be attacked in the week or two weeks after, and maybe that maybe people just became more susceptible to any virus. Sorry, any virus after they took the vaccine, mm-hmm. because their immune system is dealing with this uh, vaccine. Yeah. And we know that the effect of the spike protein on people, which is what the vaccine is telling yourselves to make, is only negative. Yeah. Like there's, and then of course, and then there's the lipid nanoparticles that the mRNA is wrapped in, and these are very harmful as well. So even if it doesn't do, it doesn't have an immunosuppressive effect because of the immune reaction that it's um, triggering. You've just put harmful stuff into your arm and it goes all around your body. So there's obviously going to be a, de- a deleterious effect to your health in the time after that. And it, it looks like when they do studies on vaccinated people that they're producing a spike protein for an awfully long time. So there's no reason, you know, you don't know when that bad effect's going to end. And so with that, I know an awful lot of people who are vaccinated or I know of an awful lot of people who are vaccinated who've been terribly unwell with COVID recently. Yeah, I mean the, the chat the chat originally with the vaccine was that it would go into your arm and it would be dealt with um by the lymph node in your in your underarm, that's where it would go. It wouldn't go any further than that. But then these studies have found the the spike protein or the nanoparticles right through the bor- right through the body and then all the organs. Mm-hmm. So and so if it's switched on, how do we know it gets switched off? And does it yeah. just keep does it just keep producing spike proteins? Does it produce spike proteins for longer in certain people? Does it do more damage? And is that why people had varying reactions to the to the vaccine? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean one yeah. of the one, one of the, one of my biggest problems with the with the vaccine booster was that in Scotland we gave out a lot of AstraZeneca, um, which was the vector vaccine, not the mRNA vaccine. And so you got you got two doses of AstraZeneca. If you're over 40 anyway, and then you went and got your booster and you got Moderna, which was obviously the mRNA Bill Gates vaccine. And it's a completely different vaccine. And I wonder if the, having the two vaccines has made people have a have a worse reaction to the booster. Because lo- lots of people I know said I was fine after my vaccines, but the, the booster really floored me. Now, is that because it's a mix or is it because mm-hmm. just the, the Moderna one hit harder? And interestingly, mm-hmm. Public Health Scotland published the number of deaths within 28 days of a vaccine. So they're not necessarily deaths by the vaccine, but it's the same statistic they use for deaths with COVID. 
and there's been 8,720 deaths in Scotland within 28 days of taking a COVID vaccine. And of those, 354 were Moderna, because we didn't use Moderna a lot, but 300, 350 of the 354 were booster Moderna shots. So I thought right. that was interesting. Uh-huh. Because no, nobody was getting, in Scotland anyway, nobody was getting AstraZeneca for the, for the booster at all. I think there's only mm. 6,000 boosters that were AstraZeneca and millions of them were Moderna and mm. maybe a million Pfizer as well, I think. So you've, you've had AstraZeneca and now you get Pfizer or Moderna. That, that, that can't be right. And I don't know where the trials are that show that that was okay. Well, they haven't done any, have they? No. They didn't do any trials of mixing and matching vaccines. The whole situation is completely unbelievable. Um, I wanted to ask you about what you think. I know that you're not a biologist or anything, but what do you think about this spike protein gene appearing and disappearing and reappearing and disappearing from the virus? What's your take on that? I mean, I just, I just think it's, I think it's separate viruses, Christine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Mm. I think I basically. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if you know see things, see seasonal um, stuff like hay fever. You know, I remember hay fever in twenty twenty one. Hay fever symptoms started being COVID symptoms. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got a flu symptom. Flu disappears, but COVID's got flu symptoms. Um, then it picks up hay fever symptoms. It picks up common cold symptoms. And like the the weekly stats for Public Health Scotland, sorry, National Record Scotland, still show that. Respiratory deaths are down every week in Scotland. So those are where are those where have those deaths went? They've they've just been misdiagnosed as COVID. Yeah, and that's been the case in state. You know, there's there's right. literally thousands of thousands of missing respiratory deaths. That's right. We had so many missing respiratory deaths. I'm not sure. It did sort of go back up to much more normal numbers, but I'm not clear. I d- I don't know what it is now. Yeah, um, I mean. The, the, the good thing with, I mean, the excess deaths in, in general took a dip in 2022, but last mm-hmm. last week I seen Scottish Unity still publishes the stuff on Twitter, and we were plus eight percent above five year average for the deaths last week. So deaths have started to creep back up. Yeah, and that's all caused deaths as well. Now obviously COVID, well, <laughs> we're, we're calling all these COVID deaths and COVID hospitalisations that are happening just now. I don't believe that they are COVID. I think it's just people who have tested positive. One, because the I think that if you've been vaccinated, you're more likely to test positive. And two, we're now using lateral flow tests and we're counting them in our numbers, which are a nonsense. So basically what you're doing is you're laying down a carpet of all these people who've, who are COVID positive. And then if they die of any cause within 28 days of that positive, then they're reported as a COVID death. Similar with the hospitalizations. If you've got a positive COVID test within 14 days, you go into hospital, you get listed as a COVID hospitalisation. Now, mm-hmm. Scotland's, Scotland's reporting something like 2,200 um, people in hospital just now with COVID. But Public Health Scotland and Linda Bald have said that around half of those are incidental. So it's just people who happen to be in hospital for something else who've got a positive COVID test. And they've mm-hmm. probably got a positive COVID test because either the lateral flow test is nonsense or something about them being vaccinated or boosted is causing them to trigger a positive result. Yeah. 
Well, like, yes, yes, I think yesterday we had 50 deaths, Christine. Or two days ago, we had 50 deaths reported. And that's, that's one of the highest daily figures we've had. See, that, yeah, that is really high. Yeah. But again, I don't think they're COVID deaths at all. But if, if, if you use the government's data, then they've vaccinated everybody three times. And then, uh -huh. and then now more people are infected than ever in January and more people are in hospital just now than ever. And mm -hmm. the, daily, the daily death count's going back up to peak levels. So I don't know how they can I don't know how they can say with a straight face that the vaccine's effective. Yeah, it's just unbelievable, really. I'm I kind of I feel a bit lost for words to be honest because I, <laughs> you know like we've been saying this for two years now, yeah. basically. And it's incredible to me. There's been quite a lot of. Um, you know, publicity about how we've been overcounting COVID deaths. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's really astonishing that they're still doing that. And it's to their own detriment. I mean, that's how stupid they are. It's to their own detriment. It makes them look like liars about the vaccine. Um, and I think, well, that, thankfully, I feel like people are starting to waken up to it now where they're like, this is just a lot of nonsense. I, you know, we need to move on with our lives, and I'm not going to have that stuff injected into my child's arm. Yeah, and hopefully there'll be a lot of pushback with the kids. I mean, I think the reason Public Health Scotland stopped publishing the data was because they knew it looked bad for the vaccine, and they mm -hmm. they knew it looked bad for the vaccine at a time when they were about to roll it out to children, and they were about to start the the April rollout of vaccine number four. It's mm -hmm. interesting because they call it booster two now as well. It makes people think it's just two. I've lost count, but um, yeah. I mean, I my, personally, I I feel like I've ran out of steam a bit with this as well. The whole thing, like I've been going, I've been going on about this for years, two years now, and there, I can't find anything else to to tell people. People aren't going to listen to the, the stats that are there. I, I I don't know what they will listen to. Um, yeah, it's been an extraordinary experience being on our side of this and um you know people definitely have got completely fed up with me going on about it but I, and I keep thinking that how can you know how can people not think that this is important you're having a potentially fatal thing injected into your arm on the basis of a load of absolute lies like lies from beginning to end you know, the, the lockdown wasn't necessary. I mean, people people were like, oh, I want to get my vaccine because I want to go on holiday. But they shouldn't ever have been denied the right to go on holiday in the first place. The whole yeah. thing has been completely unjustified. And how people can think that that is irrelevant and, like, not interesting um, is just absolutely beyond me. I don't know how to talk to people if they don't think that this matters, you know? Like, I'm still not really allowed in my children's school building. The building that my children are in all day, I'm yeah. not supposed to be in there. Why? You know, so that va triple vaccinated people don't catch COVID. I mean, at what point, even if even if you totally are on board with it all and you believed it all and you believe the vaccines are effective, we cannot do any more than we've done now. People are triple vaccinated. 
and you know still the school's saying it's too dangerous for us to have parents meetings face to face and it's about how much safer it can't get any safer than this yeah but would would never be safe if that's the case exactly i mean why would you ever let people back into school buildings then why would you ever open up classes again why not just do everything online because it's just too big a risk to hang around people the whole thing has got absolutely absurd and like you say people i think there are I think most people know that it's a lot of nonsense now, but yeah. there's still this kind of hardcore of people who seem to actually believe in it or at least be happy to go along with it. And they're just destroying our humanness for nothing. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they perceive us some kind of dissident... Um, I don't know what, I don't know what yeah. the word is, but, but just some kind of, some kind of rogue... You know, I I posted I posted something the other day on Facebook about the the UKHSA report shows you per hundred thousand people by age group your likelihood of catching COVID. And right now, the vaccinated, the boosted have four times the infection rate as the unvaccinated. And anyway, I shared that anyway on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Yeah. One of my one of my proper friends said to me, um, "Still think the Earth's flat, Russ." That was his reply, and I, I don't I don't believe in flat Earth, but. Uh, you know, that's just that's still the reply you get that they just think yeah you know people posting the tinfoil hat pictures and all that fucking nonsense but they need to look at themselves here and you, you mentioned it a bit there christine what we're seeing in the press now as well is they're starting to do a slow walkout of red pills where they're like oh by the way the masks never worked and it just goes and nobody really bothers and then they say oh by the way we overcounted the deaths and nobody nobody bothers oh by the way the uh the the vaccine it might not be as effective as we thought. Nobody's bothered. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've seen the letter. For, there was an email published for Gregor Smith, this chief medical officer to Nicola Surgeon. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Where he basically mm-hmm. said, closing schools closing schools won't control an infection. Um, household lockdowns won't control an infection. And I can't remember, but it was three or four lockdown things. He said that won't control it. And they, they discussed herd immunity in, in the email. Somebody must have asked for an FOI and it's, yeah. it's been published. So basically he was telling her back in March 2020 that the, the lockdown wouldn't have a big effect. Mass gatherings was another one. Aye. But we, we did it anyway. Yeah. But, uh, that guy, Gregor Smith, um, he definitely isn't really... I've noticed he's been much quieter throughout all this than the charming man, Jason Leach. The devil's dentist. It's referred to as Professor Jason Leach incorrectly all the time because he's an honorary professor. So it's actually Jason Leach, professor of whatever, Mm. apparently speaking nonsense is one of his expert areas. Um, But I think Gregor Smith isn't as into it all as... uh, Leech and Shridhar and Bald. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a conversation with my school about this recently, but I was like, you know, you guys, you locked this, you know, you shut the school down on the basis of no evidence whatsoever. Nobody stuck up for kids. Nobody said, listen, this is really bad and we shouldn't be doing this unless we have the highest quality of evidence that it works. All the evidence yeah. was it made no difference. And yet still, you know, people really high up in the council look me in the eye and they say, no, school closures did work to reduce infections. I'm like, no, they didn't. 
where are you getting that from? Because if you go and look at worldwide data, you'll find it makes absolutely no difference. Yeah. People don't, it, people are literally doing, is, well, they're not literally, but it's literally the same level as doing like a rain dance. You know, it's like, we've got this virus out there and we're really, really scared of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover up our faces and we're going to close down our schools because that will appease the COVID gods. Yeah, it was, it was just, people want to be perceived to be doing something. Yeah. yeah. And we'll so be, doing we're, doing, we're doing a little bit. We virtue yeah. signal yeah. to the rain gods um, or the COVID gods. See, see Gregor Smith, by the way, I think, I think Catherine Calderwood was taken out on purpose. I think, see when she went to Burnt Island for a day trip mm -hmm. during lockdown, mm -hmm. and there just happened to be a, a photographer there to take pictures of her. I think yeah. she was, I think she was targeted. You know, they're not just going like I, I still don't know what Catherine Calderwood looks like, so I doubt a photographer would say, "Oh, there's Catherine Calderwood." Yeah. So, I think she was taken out on purpose because I, I think Gregor Smith was coming in, and he would be more pliable. I think they mm -hmm. knew they could, uh, and it's like I think I'm, I'm sure Catherine Calderwood was a, was a was a gynecologist to trade. Mm -hmm. So you might think, right, okay, that's she's not the best qualified medical person to have as a CMO during a, a respiratory pandemic. Uh -huh. But Gregor Smith's a GP. You know, he's yeah. he's not he's not any kind of epidemiology background or anything. I and and I used to call him the mute as well because he would turn up at Sturgeon's briefings and he he wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't yeah. add anything unless he she she poked him to say something. Right. Obviously, the leech would, the leech would fucking talk for Scotland. Yeah. Did you see the email that Jason Leach sent um, parents in Scotland for schools? Uh, no. He sent a two-page letter, and I really, I think maybe this would be my swan song, but I think I'm going to have to respond to it. He's basically like and make that the an um, informed Scotland response because he's just talking absolute shite as usual. But one of the things that he's saying is now we understand that. You know, when we take away the free tests, this is going to be very difficult for people and you're going to struggle to cope with this. But I just want to assure you that, you know, we are still taking measures. It's like, so you're, he is the one that in the run up to Christmas, I heard him, I, I forced myself to listen to a, like a phone in with Jason Leach before Christmas. And he was basically, you know, remember the, the banned parties again? Yeah. They were like, now we're not writing into law, but we are going to ask you, please don't have parties. And uh, he was talking about how you shouldn't meet anybody without having taken a lateral flow test first. And I was just absolutely screaming at the radio because, you know, this testing strategy is just absolutely bananas. And of course, what happened was people actually listened, apparently, went and got tested before Christmas. So many people tested positive. And it's just a lot of absolute nonsense. It's because they've just been boosted and we know that the vaccines seem to cause people to test positive for some reason. Yeah, they, 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 manipulate, they manipulate the population to do the tests. Yeah, and, and then they I punish mean, us for testing positive. Aye, do, I mean, do, they, the, right, they, do the right thing. Yeah, they coerce you to get vaccinated, which will make you test positive. Then they bully you and emotionally blackmail you to get tested all the time. And then when you test positive, you get punished for it. We get punished as a population. And his letter is saying, you know, oh, I know that you're going to get anxious about not being able to test because we've completely emotionally abused you to the point where, you know, you can't imagine going out of your house without taking a test first. But don't worry, we're going to look after you some other way. I mean, and 
this is the other thing that has been doing my head. I mean, my whole, I came at this because I know that the testing strategy is so wrong. It's so, yeah. so wrong. And like I said earlier, you know, all you're doing is telling people that they can be infected with this virus and not have symptoms, which is not very, that's not a sensible or safe thing to tell people because you can't be ill if you're not ill. Anyway, the whole, this idea is now firmly ingrained in lots of people's minds that they are constantly a risk to those around them. Now, I'm fit as a fiddle right now. I'm no danger to anybody. And yet there's a lot of people who have it deeply ingrained in their psyche. Maybe they're doctors or nurses or they've been testing every day to go to their work. And they've got this idea in their heads now. And I don't know how you get that idea out, that they're always a risk to those around them, whether they have symptoms or not. I mean, that is a deeply damaging thing to train people to think. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about this the very first time we did a podcast, Hi. Christine, that I said that what they've done is they've broke people down and then they've reprogrammed them back. So people are now operating in this this constant psyche where, like you say, they think they're a danger to everybody and you, they think this is how they have to operate. Now, I've, I've done it with, with training and, and changing diets, but, you know, it takes you three weeks to break uh a cycle and then another three weeks to build a new cycle so if you want to start say in january whatever you want to start a fitness regime it takes you six weeks to get into and that then becomes your routine so if you don't mm -hmm. if you give up within the six weeks you're done mm -hmm. when they when they started locking us down for three week periods there was something psychological about that i think right. people thought it's only three weeks but i also think it was part of the maybe i mean i'm not a psychologist but the <laughs> i'm definitely not a psychologist but maybe it was like maybe it was on purpose that in three weeks right we'll get them over this bit and then we'll get them over the next bit and then we'll get them over the next bit mm -hmm. and at the end of it people are totally reprogrammed and they're in a cycle now where they're like all right mm -hmm. i'm going to meet my friends for drinks tonight oh, i better take a lateral flow test and everybody yeah. puts them in their fucking whatsapp group chat and yeah. that just becomes the norm and then somebody who didn't take their test is like oh shit i better take my test because everybody mm -hmm. else has done it mm -hmm. and then people just become conditioned and you know like the, the the parents at the wearing masks at the school gates you know Originally, everybody was wearing the masks, apart from me turning up. But mm -hmm. over time, people would start taking them off. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but they just they just know that groupthink will take over. And I speak to lots of people, Christine, who are like, "Oh, I, I love your posts, and I think what you say is great." But they yeah. never con they never contribute in no. the posts, and no. they don't want to publicly be seen to supporting me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of that as well. Um. But th there is definitely, like when they locked us down for the first three weeks and then they extended it for another three weeks. I've heard that before, that three weeks is like a, a magic number yeah. that most people after three weeks, you, their routine is broken down. And um, do you know, I, I actually wonder if that's one of the things that made me kind of aware of the damage that was being done to people because I'm a very non-routine person. I don't really have a routine. I'm, um, but I could see people changing, like people who, you know, people who worked full time or people who were working part time and their normal habits in the space of those six weeks, their normal habits just completely disappeared. And people would say things like, oh, I don't know how I could go back to normal now. And you're like, shit, like that's actually quite a serious thing that you've just said. No, absolutely. I think um, mm -hmm. working from home and, and furlough ruined people as well. Like 
I, I, I worked right through on a construction site. We, well, we shut for eight weeks for a lie. So I worked at home for the first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, I took two weeks holiday at Easter. And I, I, built, I built decking right out my back garden. Uh-huh. I just couldn't be sitting in the house anymore. I was mm-hmm. I was burst. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've I've been back working for the house for the last six weeks. And honestly, it makes you lazy. It really does. Oh, yeah. oh it does. 100%. And, uh, and and I know I, people get angry at me for saying that. And there is some people out there who are working hard, and people are doing good work at home. But mm-hmm. you're not having to get up at half six to get a train to Edinburgh or, or yeah. Glasgow or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and you're not then going a ninety minute commute home at night. Yeah. So, you, you, which is good. I mean, you, uh, people enjoyed that, and rightfully so. But see, now when you try to get people back to an office or back um, to a, a nine to five working environment, you're going to get a lot of resistance. The thing is, it's like all these things. I mean, obviously, the less commuting time is great, and there nobody can argue against that. And it, you know, commuting is one of the most stressful things that people do uh, or used to do in their lives, and. I remember like lots of people saying to me when I was became becoming deeply unhappy in the first lockdown. You know, people were like, can you not just enjoy the time with your family? Mm. And it's like, well, I love spending time with my family. I love my family. I've got two amazing daughters and an amazing husband. I there's no there are no three people I would rather spend time with. But I don't need the government to like force me to do that in order to get me to do it. Now, I'm not saying like I'm not saying that I'm a perfect mother and wife, and sometimes I do drift away from my family, and I need to come back. But you know, the idea that you should be grateful that somebody has coerced you to do that is just abhorrent to me. It's like if you need to fix your family life balance, then you do that yourself. You're an adult; you take responsibility yeah. for it. And and it's the same with the commuting thing. Sure, commuting was a a drag and a real burden for lots of people but that you, you can't just seize it away from people and like make it basically illegal to commute and then say well isn't that great that we've taken commuting away from you now well yeah the loss of the commuting might not be a loss or it might not be a painful loss but that's not really the point people should you know be able to make those decisions for themselves yeah maybe. I, yeah. I would commute, I would commute in Edinburgh a lot and it'd take me take me an hour and a half or I would be driving to sites and again driving for an hour or two hours and I was working up in Aberdeen for a while and mm-hmm. see the commute for me was was my time as well to listen to podcasts like I would Hi. listen to like yeah. Joe Rogan Joe Rogan stuff and football podcasts and I could do that and 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 I didn't feel guilty that I wasn't spending time with my kids or whatever. Hi. But like if, if at five o'clock the night I was like, right, I'm going to listen to two hours of the, the, the football podcast and for, forget dinner time with the kids, like I'd get strung up for that. <laughs> and uh, but but you know, but like so so people have lost that and like I always talk about and we might have mentioned this before, but for men as well, especially like the, the close the pubs, the close the gyms, and the close the football. So. Three major outlets for guys went, and obviously there's women as well who go to all those yeah, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for men in particular, I think, and was that part of the, the plan to, uh, what, what, what would be the word, to demasculinize men, um, you know, by get, taking away all those things. Yeah. And then you, and again, you see the men shuffling about with masks on, you know, mm-hmm. big, big tough looking dudes. Well, I like, I mean, I don't, there, there's no, I mean, I, 
people might think I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist when I say this, but I, I mean, I absolutely do think that the lockdowns were carefully planned and designed in order to break down a lot of our ways of life. I think they dehumanised us. I think they demasculinated people and defeminized people. And they were just... Yeah, I mean, I do think that. I think there's a reason why... There's a reason also why football was one of the first things to come back. You know, it's like throwing people little morsels. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do believe that very clever psychologists have designed the last two years in order to mould us into the sort of society they want us to be for the next thing. Yeah, and the, and like the football as well was a huge thing where you could only get back if you were vaccinated. Right. Now, we, I've went to a couple of events where vaccine passports were asked for, but they never asked me, thankfully, when I was there. Mm-hmm. But lots of people would have took the vaccine to get back into football. Well, lots you know. of people did. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I've, I've, I actually wrote to, I'm an Aberdeen fan, and I wrote to the club about the of bringing in the max the vaccine mandate, and like I said, and I've said I wouldn't be back, and I've and I've not been a, I've not been a game for I've not been a game since the first lockdown. Um, and I don't know if I'll go back now. That might, that might be a thing. Like I might have I might have broken, yeah, broken a bond with me in the football because of what mm-hmm. they did, and like people wearing masks outside at Pedodri. Like what, what are you up to? I know. Um, you'd, you'd, be be, out... you'd be better wearing fucking goggles out your eyes so you can't see the football in the park. But... Yeah. Um, I've told you this, and I don't think I mind telling the podcast listeners, but I, oddly enough, have been asked to be a best man at a wedding. This is not right. a gender identity thing. It's uh, going to be, you know, a best man in a dress. <laughs> right. anyway, we went shopping yesterday um, in town, and Shopping is just an absolutely miserable experience now. Now, I'm not a great shopper, but I've always enjoyed... I mean, I would maybe go into town like twice a year, you know, for shopping. And um, I really enjoyed it. And there was just no joy in it whatsoever. And I thought, well, you know, here's another thing that's been completely destroyed. There's no joy in it whatsoever. The masks salespeople and they got quite a lot of hassle in a couple of places from people for not wearing a mask. You know, there's the please sanitize your hands when you walk through the door. The whole thing. And it's at the place is an absolute ghost town as well. Um Yeah, I, I took pictures of the Livingston MacArthur Glen outlet a while ago. And it was dead. It was like it really was like a scene of the walking dead and they just started putting the, the stickers down for the right hand, left hand mm-hmm. circulating lanes. Um you know, the the joy has been sucked out of so many things. And uh, even I was at church last week as well. I I am going um, to a new church to me, but I was back at an old mainstream church last week. And you go in and it's like, you know, put your mask on. Can you please check in using your QR, your QR code? You go in and it's like, please remember to take a lateral flow test before you come to church. It's like, I've come here. The, the whole purpose of going to church is supposed to be to worship God. And the first like 15 signals that I've had since I got in here are about bloody COVID. Like, what is going on? What is happening here? And then, you know, we sat down and like the first you know, 10 minutes were taken up with Ukraine stuff and going and, you know, rescuing Ukrainian refugees and all this stuff. Now, that might be a very laudable um, 
action that's been taken. But again, it feels like we've moved on. It's like COVID, Ukraine, and then whatever it is you're supposed to be, you know, actually doing it, whatever activity you're at. You know, it's well, just endless. The, the, church, the church has been a huge disappointment through yeah. the pandemic. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not religious at all. Um, I don't really come from a religious family either, but mm. it, it's there's been a letdown for the people who people of faith and across all the churches. I think the I think the Pope even said something about not getting into heaven if you want to vaccinate as well. I know it's a, don't even get me started on that. No, but yeah. see see what you're saying about Ukraine as well, Christine. <clears throat> it's like we're always now in a, a constant state of flux where there's something attacking mm. your mindset. And again, I, don't, I think it's a bit of an arsehole, but. David Icke spoke about that, where things that appear unconnected are all connected and it's all a plan. So maybe we're going to have some kind of climate disaster coming soon, which will be the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all to be linked, you know, you know, you remember Jason, eh, no Jason Leach, um, John Swinney saying people should stay at home this weekend because the storm's coming. I've never ever heard the government tell you to stay at home. No. I know. So this is just part of the programming again, where they tell you. Is that this weekend? When no, was that? No, no. This was this was when we had the bad storms. When probably when, storm you, probably when you had your power cut. I don't even know. Aye, okay. But I I watched a bit of V for Vendetta the other day, and I, people okay. have been telling me to watch it, and I, and I actually thought mm-hmm. it was quite a poor film to be honest. But I, I thought I'm going mm-hmm. to watch this through. And it's uncanny what the the people have been talking about the similarities. It's uncanny. They just make up these false disasters mm-hmm. and then say mm-hmm. right. You have to do this to support them, and like the same, we're seeing the same now with Ukraine, and yeah. the cost of living is going to be a huge problem for people in the yeah. UK. A huge problem. That's a, and you know they'll blame the conflict for that, but forgetting the fact that Rishi Sunak borrowed trillions of pounds for the COVID response, and who do you think's paying for that? But again, this even when I was compliant in lockdown. Even for three weeks, I was like, how on earth can you shut down a national economy for three weeks and not there not be terrible repercussions for that? And that's why it seemed to me so basic that there should be at least be evidence that what you're doing is going to work. But you know, the, the, the idea that people seem to have now that this inflation is a surprise, I mean... It's absolutely not a surprise at all. If you shut down an economy for a significant period of time, change the pattern of people's lives, which has a massive effect on the economy. Even now, schools are closing all the time because they can't staff them because so many people have positive COVID tests. All of that has a massive impact on the economy. And this is it. This is it now. This is us reaping the rewards of the last two years. And, you know, Rishi Sunak, I had to turn the radio off yesterday because I caught him. And he was taught, he was saying, he was getting criticised because he's not increased benefits to cover the cost of living increases. And he was like, I've shown you the sort of chancellor I am. You know that I'm going to look after people because, you know, I did a really good job looking after people during mm-hmm. the pandemic. It's like the pandemic is what got us here, Rishi. Your furlough and your all the help that you gave to appease people to shut them up so that they would obey your lockdown rules. That's why we're here. Like, don't pretend to me that you don't know that. It's yeah, just... I mean, see, just on just on Rishi, his his father-in-law is a billionaire uh, investment banker, dude, I think, or venture mm-hmm. capitalist, mm-hmm. and his wife's got more money than the Queen, apparently. You know, he's he's no bothered about five pence. 
for later when he's filling up his Aston Martin or whatever it is he's driving. But see, 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 Rishi as well, Christine, more conspiracy thing for us here. Oh. He was a he was appointed as Chancellor three weeks before the budget in 2020, which uh-huh. just happened to be five weeks before lockdown. That uh-huh. wasn't that wasn't by coincidence that he was putting that he was putting it office. He, he came at the time I think he was 39 or 38. He was the youngest chancellor in history, or certainly mm-hmm. in the last century. And he just came from nowhere and became this superstar. And everybody loved him because he was handing out free cash. Mm-hmm. But I remember when see when we locked down to start with, I was worried about GDP and you know how we're going to pay for this. And this was just to get through summer 2020. Yeah. So I'm I like, know. oh like so furlough was meant to go to September, I think. And I was like, right, okay, well, that's we're going to have to pay. That's going to be difficult to pay that back. We've lost all this revenue. Mm-hmm. See, when they started saying we're going to extend it by three months, six months, and it went on and on. See, by that time, everybody's like, ah, they don't care. We're, we're, we're so much yeah. in debt now, it doesn't matter. You know, because we've been hung for a sheep as a lamb, whatever the saying is. But... I mean, yeah, when people talk about the whole monetary system collapsing, I honestly can't see any other outcome. Yeah. Because we've all of all of that giving people money for not going to work, that can, is why our currency is so devalued. Because you can't give people money for nothing. You just yeah. can't. You, th- there is no exchange of goods or services for that money, and it didn't even save us any money. It's not like, oh, but you know, the alternative would have been you know, economic collapse due to strain on the NHS because we know that that would have been the same anyway. So it's an absolutely unforgivable. I mean, these people have literally destroyed money. And yeah, then and it, it looks like it's on, on Yeah. And it looks like it's on purpose, Christine. I mean, well, again... It, does, it looks like it's on purpose to me because they can't possibly make this number of mistakes. Yeah, you I know. mean, I, I, we're definitely heading towards a digital, digital currency. Um, and I think that was, I mean, that might even be a natural evolution, but they're going to use COVID as a vehicle to push that through. Um, and I've said it before as well, once once a queen passes, all of, all of the notes bearing her image have to be returned to the banks. I think they'll use that then as a time to say, right, we're switching, that we're not going to republish pound notes, we're just going to give you digital money. And as a way to do it, to completely collapse the economy and then say, right, guys, we need to reset. And remember, we, we've changed our currency you know, before our lifetime, but you know, when we switched to the pounds and pence, whenever that was in the sixties, that must have been a huge thing. So it's not unusual for it to, to be reset. Uh-huh. But if it's done with nefarious intentions uh-huh. and went on a social credit course score system where, you know, I got I was getting a quote for a boiler the other day and the guy was asking if I want a smart meter. And I says, No, I don't want a smart meter. I don't want somebody to know what I'm using, how I'm using it. And at some point they can say, right, Russell, you're a bad guy. We're going to switch off your carbon credits. Yeah. That's, I mean, that might seem extreme. The guy was laughing at me. And I says, you got Sky? I say, have you got Sky Glass yet? And the guy's like, no, why? I says, you think you're watching Sky? Sky's watching you. At this point, the guy's like, this guy's a nut job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's all about, so we're all going to be controlled and we're all going to be tracked and traced regardless i mean I'm, I'm sitting with an iphone in my hand so you know i'm being tracked anyway let's be honest mm-hmm. but i don't i don't i want to have freedom i don't i'm not i'm just about to hand it over no well i'm with you all the way i don't think you're nuts at all i would love I, to think you were nuts <laughs> i think i'm maybe nuts a wee bit no i don't think you are at all that well 
I I don't understand how people. I mean, even if it's not deliberate, we are gradually um, moving towards a much more controlled, a much more controlled culture. Like people yeah. themselves are more controlled, um, and they despise seeing a lack of control in people. And I recognize that in myself, even in the first lockdown when I was being really compliant, I found it really irritating to know about people who weren't following the rules because I was following the rules. And it's like, well, why are you not following the rules? And Yeah, I, I've always said on that that those people are angry at themselves. They're not angry at us. I was angry at myself. You're mm-hmm. right. But the point is, that they, I didn't realize that. Um, and, you know, like yesterday I went into a shop and I was unmasked. And the lady was like, excuse me, are you exempt? And I said, I've stopped, I've stopped saying yes. Now yeah. I don't say that. I say, no, I'm not exempt. Um, and then well, yeah, we ended up having a bit of a fight about it. And I thought, she she really, really hates that I'm not wearing a mask. Now, if she believed that I was dangerous for not wearing a mask, she would throw me out. Like, if she was that concerned, you know, she would get me out. But she doesn't think that. What's annoying her is that I'm not following the rules. And she's having to wear a mask all day at her work. Why can't I wear it for five minutes when I'm in her shop? Mm -hmm. And it just builds resentment in people. But the idea that we're not moving towards a more controlled culture and where the government's going to try and control us more, the governments always want to do that. And we've just handed them the ability to do it on a plate. On a a massive scale. Yeah, people have even allowed their government to tell them what they should have injected into their bodies and just gone along with it. So what is the government going to learn from that? It's going to learn, well, these people are really easy to control. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's an idiot to think that they weren't going to use that knowledge that they've acquired. They can do anything now. I mean, yeah. you probably remember 20 years ago, they tried to bring out the the uh, the ID. Everybody had to carry that um, ID card. Mm-hmm. And it was Tony Blair that was driving at the time. And, and there's huge pushback then. And people were like, no, we're not, we're not doing it. You know, we shouldn't have to show your ID wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And now, like, that, the, that generation of people are all gone now. So you've lost a generation. And now they're like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody's got iPhones and stuff like that. And, you know, scanning QR codes all over the place. So they're like, now we're ready for this control. Mm-hmm. And the, the digital identification will become a thing. And meanwhile, they've got us very... You know, they've trained us to look inwards all the time, so we're not really paying attention to what's going on outside. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not really privy to this because I don't really go up to my school, but I'm hearing about a lot of conversations in school playgrounds between parents about COVID, you know, oh, we had COVID last week, oh, it was terrible, and oh, we, Jimmy, was terrible with it. And, and then they're talking about, you know, their vaccines, they're talking about Ukraine, and they're not actually thinking about how their own lives are changing and how they're losing control over things in their own lives because yeah. they've got this completely i mean we've turned into a nation of hypochondriacs that's the first thing yeah. and i think a lot of people are going to be getting very sick that's my own um expectation over i think next winter is going to be horrendous um and people aren't going to be able to heat their homes and they're not going to be able to drive their cars because they won't be able to afford the fuel Yep. And you know, and it would, and I think at that point, people will fully wake up and think, "How the hell did I get here?" Well, you got here by navel gazing for the last two and a half years, which is what it will be by that time, because that's what happens naturally. And I felt it happening to myself. You know, when you were locked away in your house, your your vision just turned more and more inwards, 
No, absolutely, Christine. Um, and, and, I, and there's probably there's probably no stopping it now as well, which is part of the no, reason why, you know, no. I've 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 gave up at a certain extent of trying to convince people what's coming. Oh yeah, they're gonna have I, to they're I, gonna have to realise themselves. I mean, we had Mark Newman on a couple of podcasts when he was talking about like how to talk to people, and I really it was so interesting what he was saying, and I think that there definitely are lessons to be learned from it, and he said some really really useful things. But I think that, you know, this concept of how to talk to people about COVID, for example, has become totally outdated because people who've been compliant with all this, they've moved on. They're yep. like going to Ukraine and something else now and worrying about catching COVID. And they're just, you know, it's like all the information is out there and they've chosen not to look at it. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to these people. Yeah, I, I need to listen to that podcast because I struggle to talk to people without me then eventually becoming angry. Um, so I, sometimes now, like I went to a wedding recently and I, I'd said to my wife like I'm just not going to speak to the guys about it and they tried to they tried to bait me a couple of times and I just let it I just didn't even reply I uh-huh. just, you know they'll, they'll, they, they, we were at a table and every single person at the table had had three vaccines apart from my wife and I mm-hmm. and uh, I was just like I'm not entertaining these guys and mm-hmm. I, I kind of take it out your arm now so what's, what's the point in me trying to convince you that my views are right yeah. Well, I think it's very nice that you're still friends with him. Yeah, I, I mean, these are guys I've been friends with for 20 years. And like, um, and it's some a couple of the guys in particular, so it's, it's pretty strange. Um, uh, I'm, I'm no longer friendly. And and that's sad. Yeah. All I ever tried to do was, because because I think so much of these people, I'm trying to warn people. I'm not. I know. I'm... And I'm putting my reputation on the line in doing that. It's um exactly it's the it's actually almost the ultimate in self sacrifice what you've done. Yeah. And um it's a very, very hard thing to do. I'm gonna tell a wee story here from the Bible and then we'll wrap this up. Sorry, yep. it's about it's from the Bible. It's but fine. um <laughs> it's a great story. Um and it's from Numbers the book of Numbers, chapter twenty two. Balaam is the name of the man who is being instructed not to do something by God. And then he goes and does it anyway. And he's on his wee donkey, or his ass, as it says in my version of the Bible. And um, he's riding on his ass, and the ass sees an angel of the Lord. And Balaam can't see the angel. So the donkey sees the angel, and the angel's saying, don't, go any further so the donkey stops and Balaam strikes the donkey to make it move and then it moves again it goes into a vineyard and it sees the angel again and it stops and this time it crushes his foot against a wall or something and Balaam gets really angry and he hits the donkey again and then the third time the angel is so blinding that the donkey falls to his knees and Balaam strikes him a third time and then the donkey is able to speak And he says to Balaam, I have carried you my whole life. And I've never let you down. Why have you hit me three times? And Balaam says, because you're mocking me by not, you know, moving. And the donkey says, but do you not, he's basically saying, do you not think that I may be, that there's something bothering me? And as your donkey, and I've served you faithfully all this time, 
you should maybe listen to what I'm trying to tell you. And it just struck me, I was reading it the other day, and it struck me so powerfully that that is exactly not, I, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but that's exactly what I felt happened with my friends. Where I'm like trying to tell them something and they know that I'm not crazy, you know? And instead of listening and saying, hang on, what's she trying to say? Because this is our faithful friend who wants to help us. They just, you know, turn their backs and they've gone down a path, which I believe is dangerous for society, but also for themselves, you know. Yeah, I, and like you were, you were telling them that from a, from a, from a place of, of, of goodness, Christine, you know, you weren't, there was yeah, nothing malicious in what, what, you were, what you were telling them. And, no. Yeah. And the same with you. But one day, I know that you're not religious, but one day they will have to face that truth that they were presented with the information and they chose not to look at it. And it was a mistake. And really, we know that it is a mistake because not only have they had themselves injected with something which is potentially very dangerous, they've taken themselves and and society with them down a road which is not going to be beneficial for people. Yep. You know, it's yeah. not. It's a dark and, bar. Yeah, and I mean, I used to, I've gone through phases where I feel kind of optimistic about what's going to happen and maybe, you know, we'll turn it around, but I'm not so sure now. I don't, I think that, it, obviously, it will eventually turn around and something good will come out of all of this. But I think it's going to be a long, very hard road. And I think a lot of people are going to get very cold and very hungry this winter. So... No, I think you're right. And it's, you know, we won't, we're, not, we're not finishing on a positive there, but it's, it's reality. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's coming. Yeah. And in the meantime, I mean, for example, with my children, I don't know if this you know, the vaccine um, invitation is going to come through, but or the vaccine appointment that's been made for us is going to come through. But the effect of that is going to be that my children are never going to be able to trust the medical profession again. Yep. And that, that there's nothing good that's going to come out of that, really. There isn't. Again, you can go down alternative health paths and some people say, well, maybe being less reliant on medicine will be a good thing. And I, I don't disagree with that. But again, that should be a choice that people make rather than something that they're forced to do because of the complete collapse of medical ethics, for example. You know, none of these things are good or beneficial. So my advice to listeners is if your friend says something funny, it sounds strange. Open your ears and your heart's not. Don't turn your back on them. Yep, there's a there's a the world World War Z book, Christine. There's a guy mm-hmm. in it, there's a guy in it, an Israeli special special intelligence guy called the Tenth Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've spoken about this before, and I, and I loved it when I read. That's a that's a good book by the way. Mm-hmm. But his job was if nine people in the room said we go left. His job was to say, "What happens if we go right?" Uh-huh. He, was, he was always to go against the room. Okay. And uh, so he would always go against what the, what the masses were doing and come up with mm-hmm. a strategy or a theory how things would play out. Now, in the book, mm-hmm. it's all about they all say there's no zombies. He he was to come up with a plan. What if there is zombies? Now that's it's a zombie book, obviously. Right. But if you if you apply that logic to us, like what if what if we're right? What if we're right and the vaccines are doing mm-hmm. damage? Yeah. You know, just think like that. Like I, I wanted to send one of my directors. Um, he, he's we've had a lot of people off sick at work 
with COVID mm-hmm. and a lot of people have sick of the booster. And I actually mm-hmm. wanted to say to him, it's time somebody started thinking like the 10th man here and said, is this, is this because of what we're doing? But anyway. Yeah. That is, another, I mean, that that's the other thing, isn't it? You, told, you mentioned distance um, a wee while back there, but society absolutely needs people who yeah. pull in the opposite direction, even if they're wrong. And that's the thing that I've, that's what I've said consistently, you know, as people that I was associating with, especially sort of this time last year, they were making claims which sounded quite bold and were, they were being called dangerous. And it's like, well, you know, speaking is never dangerous. It, why, why are we not able to listen to these people? If what they're saying is so ridiculous, then have an argument with them and you'll win the argument. But people have to be allowed to speak and somebody has to push back, even if they're wrong, you know. No, because otherwise society will just, you know, drift aimlessly, you know, with what the majority wants to do. And we know the majority can be wrong. Yeah, so, no, we definitely have to hear dissident voices. It's, it's, yeah. it's, health, it's healthy. And, you know, I'll, I'll gladly be wrong about a lot of stuff I've God, that's like my dream. I I sometimes fantasize about the idea of waking up one morning and discovering that I've been completely wrong about all of this. I would love that. That would be like paradise. Find out we were wrong, yeah. and the vaccine's great, and it's not dangerous, and it worked like a treat. And you know that lockdown wasn't unnecessary. That would be just fantastic to find that out. I. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we were wrong. I've never wanted to be wrong in my life, but I'll, I'll be wrong in this. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I thank you for your time again, Russell. We didn't actually talk about children's vaccines that much in the end. What a surprise. Yeah, people can read about it in my tweet. <laughs> you want to send me the link to the tweet? I, and I'll I, w- I will do, Christina. And also your I... telegram thing, which was great. Yeah. You put... Yeah. Um, and I encourage people to go and look up Freedom Podcast and what are you on tw- um, Telegram Scottish Covid data yeah am I allowed to say that yeah yeah it's fine yep um, there's some good information on there there certainly is right listen Christine I'm going to have to go anyway I've got a, yep. got a call coming in at 11 so okay well have a lovely day yep you too have a good weekend mm-hmm. enjoy the sun thanks bye hey cheers bye Please look up The Rustler's tweets. His Twitter name is Freedom Podcast and you can find some links to his interesting Twitter threads recently on the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episodes. They are coming.